Hello and welcome to a newly revamped version of VR Download, a weekly show about VR industry news and whatnot. Hello, I am your very animated host, Kyle. And let's see what other wonders of magic we have on the panel with me today. Over to my left here. Hello, everyone. Ian Hamilton here with my first version of these avatars. I don't feel right. I don't feel, I don't feel okay. I'm, yeah, I feel, I don't know, out of body experience. David Heaney, we were not running our show yesterday just so we could fix the last few bugs with this, but from now on, we'll be back to our normal Monday schedule, Monday at 10 a.m. PT. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about the VR tech news this week. VR tech news. Who wants to talk about VR tech news when we've got these awesome avatars to play with? I feel like just doing stuff. And yes, the, the glasses yeah, like, are hard-coded into the avatar now. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. Actually hard-coded. No glass. And, All right, on to the news. I swear this is a news show. I swear to you. It is. <laughs> Here it comes. All right, first on the agenda today, Bloomberg, Apple headset, probably won't ship this year. Due to overheating cameras and software, Apple recently informed suppliers its mixed reality headset probably won't be ready to release this year, despite what certain personalities on Twitter may claim they know. Yeah, so this isn't really it. This is just a artist's rendition. This is a crime sketch. Like, a, Have you seen this man? Contact the FBI. Until it shows up in a bar in Cupertino, this is the best image we're going to have to go off of it. There's a joke there somewhere, Ian. An Apple developer walks into a bar, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that joke. But yeah, so what is this? Are we 2025, 2035, 2045? When are we waiting for this? Yeah. Bloomberg's report essentially is saying that Apple is running into three main issues with this headset. That means that it's changed its plan to launch this year to instead launch next year. And those three issues are overheating of the chip that they're trying to put in it. The sourcing of the cameras. This thing is supposed to have 12 cameras in total for high quality mixed reality, hand tracking and eye tracking and software. So that's pretty vague, but it sounds like what, from what we've seen in job listings, Apple is trying to build a completely new operating system for this thing called Reality OS, ROS. And from the signs of it, the overheating issue is really the main issue delaying this thing. And if you remember our show a few weeks ago, we reported on a supply chain analyst claiming that this headset will have an M1 chip or a chip that is equivalent to M1. And that's Apple's first sort of custom PC chip that you see in the current MacBooks that they've launched. And that's a pretty powerful chip, but it's more power hungry than the likes of the Qualcomm Snapdragon XR2 that we see in headsets like Oculus Quest 2 and Vive Focus 3. So it looks like they're trying to deliver a very powerful headset, but the trade-off there is that they're going to have to work really hard to get the cooling right to make that a practical product. So it's I, face melting. I didn't hear anything Heaney said because I felt like Chucky. What? Are you still on about your avatar? Yeah, man. 
I am embodied oh, as a. Yeah, I'm still like I. It's I'm in another place. I'm not like here right now. I'm in this like robot uh, doll person mind space. Yeah. Okay. Remember that game? So yeah. is are there batteries? Are, are there batteries we can take out or what? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so two things. Number one, I just noticed that when you look at this thing sideways, it looks like a robot with blue legs, like Ed two hundred nine, I Ed two hundred nine or something. This image, but it's melting people's faces off. How do you <laughs> the the M one chip? I have touched, I have run some major high-end stuff on my M1 MacBook and have never felt it get warm. Like, it, 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 it may be my, mildly, like, warm. But it's not face-melting. How bad does this have to be? Do we need, like, giant heat sinks sicking off the front of it? Something out of, like, Mad Max type of thing? Or, like, spikes? What do we need to do to, how are they going to fix this? So the reason that you wouldn't see overheating on your Mac or even on the M1 iPad is it's all down to surface area. The larger the surface area of the device, the more it can dissipate the heat. So something like a laptop is obviously quite a large device compared to a headset that you put on your head. They're trying to put that same chip into a much smaller area. And we have heard that there is a cooling fan. But again, because it's in a smaller area, the cooling fan is going to be smaller than what you see in the MacBook Pro. And, you know, I really, the question I've, keep wondering and i've been wondering this for months about the apple headset is why don't they just use the a series chips in the iphone they would get longer battery life and they would still have higher performance than quest 2 because apple's mobile chips are even ahead of qualcomm's so it sounds like they really want this to be a high-end high-end device we've heard rumors of price points above two thousand dollars but the question is can they really make that practical and if this reports to be believed it's going to add a year of delay in terms of what they're trying to aim for just because they're trying to aim so high with this performance. Yeah, I get it. I, I, I guess that would probably be the smart thing to do would be to aim for that high performance, but maybe they need to do like a full head, like a, an X-Wing fighter pilot type of helmet scenario. That The whole thing's a heat sink. I, w- I would wear that. That was I always think about that, that there was that alleged Valve headset they, they called Vader for a while that was, they threw everything yeah. and the kitchen sink into that design. And they're like, this would cost several thousand dollars. And I look at the, de- I, I bring this up almost every week. When I look at the design of Alex and the gravity gloves, I think of how great those will be with eye tracking on the next generation headsets. And I hope Apple has that feature. The thing I was going to ask Keeney is if it's got all of those sensors, can they turn off some of them and have it run, you know, at the right coolant temperature until they're able to get it to run with all the sensors? Well, I don't think the issue with cooling is specifically the sensors. That the camera issue is apparently in the yield of the cameras they're trying to use. From what we understand from these rumors and reports, Apple is trying to deliver mixed reality that looks like real life. They want cameras that are so high quality with such a high dynamic range and ability to work in all lighting conditions that you will put this headset on and it will look like it's transparent even though it's actually an opaque display system. So apparently the suppliers that they are talking to get these kinds of cameras are just having issues producing them at scale. You could make a few prototypes of these things, but actually getting a production line running up that can produce these 
very sort of precise sensors is what we hear is the issue. Okay. So James, you make an interesting point again. What is up with the shoulder? Am I like sitting? Yeah, I was watching it over with Heaney. There's like body language coming across from Heaney that I don't think he means to be like projecting. And it's, yeah, Heaney, are you okay? And it's It's not aggressive. It's just awkward. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So James in the chat here says Apple has uh, only has one shot to make a first impression in this product category. I honestly doubt it will ship until the pandemic is behind us. Now, I had a huge conversation. Sorry, the shoulder thing is really getting to me. I had this huge conversation with someone about Spider-Man. The latest movie that's out in theaters and breaking records and all of this nonsense. Uh, Fantastic movie. Highly recommend it. There have been other movies that have come out in the theaters and been total stinkers and haven't done well. And the the logic is, it's because of the pandemic that it didn't do well. No, it's because it was shit. It wasn't good. If it had been good, you wouldn't have to worry about that because Spider-Man was awesome and everybody went and saw it and it made records and blah, blah, blah. Apple doesn't, if Apple is going to put out a mediocre product that isn't going to do everything it claims it's going to do, then yes, they should wait until after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But if it's so good that it doesn't need, it doesn't matter that the pandemic is happening, that people are still buying it like the quest. Look at how many quests were purchased during the pandemic. The, the price point was right. The offering was right. It was everything everybody wanted to be. I've got cousins who I didn't even know owned a phone who are now playing on Quest. Okay. You have to have a good product. You No excuses. But that's just my hot take on that comment. But thank you, James. That's, that's a good point. Morningstar asks, can those mobile chips push the 8K displays enough? So just to be clear... When a lot of companies say they're making an 8K headset and when rumors come along about a 8K headset, it usually actually is just dual 4K displays. I say just, that's still quadruple the pixel density of what we're seeing in something like Quest 2 or PlayStation VR where we're seeing 2K displays. But I I still do, I think the question is, do they really need in their first gen product to have dual K 4K displays running natively off this really powerful chip? Or could they just work on getting out something that works and doesn't have these overheating issues and then work on blowing away the performance in the second generation? Obviously, Apple wants to come out with a differentiator here. They don't want to just be able to, they don't want this to be described as just a, a different time of quest. They want to deliver something that is actually closer to PC VR performance in a completely standalone form factor. And if they can do that, it will blow everything that Meta is doing out of the water because Meta just doesn't have its own internal chip design capabilities yet though we know they're starting to work on that that'll take them three five ten years to actually get a product out there but if they if they can do that it will blow it away but the question is what is the cost of this kind of delay and would it have been better to get out a first generation product skiva here in the chat also says he says i think the pandemic is what has been driving more headset sales but hurting the suppliers being able to produce enough parts for them, double-edged sword. It totally is a double-edged sword because while we want more products to allow us to get out there, the manufacturers can't produce this whole silicon shortage. I'm so tired of hearing about that. I hear that five times a day now. Like I read it in an article or I see it on the news or I hear it in a podcast, silicon shortage. I just, I heard that Intel just recently 
signed a contract to build a $20 billion chip manufacturing facility in Ohio, just uh, east of Columbus. That could be good. Bring this. But the silicon itself is the shortage, right? Like the actual component, like the material, or is it the people making stuff out of it? I don't actually understand that part of it. So it's the production, the building, the, the, the fabs, the actual huge machines that pump out these chips in millions costs billions of dollars and takes many years. So it's one of those things that if you get a massive increase in demand, like there was in the pandemic, because people were at home more and they wanted to buy more home electronics and the car industry rapidly underestimated their demand, thinking that people would no longer want cars. Turned out that wasn't true at all. People bought cars just as much, if not more than before. So Right now, obviously, all those companies are doing that. They're building these new fabs to increase capacity. But it's it's just a matter of the fact that it takes years and the demand is increasing and increasing further. But I do think that's a very positive move to bring some chip manufacturing into the United States, even for geopolitical reasons as tensions in the South China Sea increase. You want to make sure that you have access to critical electronic components without relying on a potential geopolitical adversary. Exactly. Geopolitical adversary. Okay. Apple, are we going to have, is this going to be one of these things where the headset won't come out until it is absolutely perfect? That's Apple's typical MO is that they're not going to put it out until it's amazing. 2007 gave us the iPhone, but it wasn't the first smartphone, but it did a bunch of stuff that was easier, but it was expensive. And then people slowly adopted it. Do we feel like they're going to follow that pattern or is has almost 20 years before this thing comes out after the iPhone, almost 20 years? What, what, I don't know. I don't know. What are we going to get? Yeah. He and I pour over these reports when they come out and try to piece apart the words and understand really what they're saying. And the thing I want to get across here with, with, in an answer to Kyle's question, is something that Heaney and I get into, and that's if Tim Cook and Apple are very invested in the idea of AR being the end game, and it's the same at Microsoft with HoloLens, them very invested in this end game of where every day out in the real world AR being what they're they're working towards. But there's a, a very real possibility here that opaque optics where you block off the outside world and then reconstruct it digitally using sensors and pass-through color cameras is going to provide the wider field of view better experience for the next five to ten years. And to, to Kyle's kind of point, it's kind of like a video game that comes out at the wrong time in a generational cycle. And it was built on an old engine and it's not going to do successful like i don't know is it duke nukem got duke rebuilt nukem forever. Like five times over yep. the years and never actually came yep. out and when it finally came out it was a disaster i do think that there's that real possibility if you pick the wrong optical path for like your hundreds of engineers all working on one pass through or see through optical system and you didn't invest in the opaque optics to the right degree Heaney, I'm, I'm gonna go I've got a problem here. I'm going to leave and come back, but I wanted to see what you thought of all that. Yeah, I think the the kind of come back to the general point here of will we see the same path of iPhone where it's a higher price device, but it 
changes the market because it's so much easier to use and better than the alternatives. I think that the problem is this time that Apple is facing a competition that also is vertically integrated. So Apple was very easily able to attack the smartphone market because you had Google making the software, but other manufacturers making the hardware. And there was this disconnect that you just don't get when you're building the hardware and the software. But Apple has never actually faced competition that is vertically integrated and not trying to make a hardware margin. So people, a lot of people expect that Apple is going to come in here and just completely wipe the floor with Meta. And the, pro- the problem is that Meta is going to be selling at cost and they're going to be delivering the same magic of Apple, i.e. software that is specifically designed for hardware that is designed at the same time as the software. Apple's advantage will be in its ecosystem integration in terms of the fact that you will be able to bring your services and data and integrations from your iPhone, your Apple Watch, and your existing MacBook over, and they'll be able to leverage their iTunes content and things like SharePlay so that you'll probably be able to sit down and watch Disney Plus together virtually with this headset. But it's not going to be as easy as it was for Apple to attack Android. It's just not going to be that easy. I think what Apple's problem is going to be, that the biggest challenge they're going to have is, sure, this headset's great, but can I play this? But can I play this? But can I play this? And that's going to take developers time to get their stuff ported over. And how many consoles have come out over the years that have, I don't know, seven games that work on it when it first launches? That's happened numerous times. People go out and drop $800 on a full setup of a new console. All right. Let's move on to the... Are are we done with Apple? Yes, it melts faces, and it's not quite ready for prime time. Anything else that we need to say about it? Just checking the comments here for any... Okay. Artful just pointing out that it likely won't be as much for games as it is for experiences and social and media I, I completely agree with that the because we haven't heard anything about any kind of gaming controller from this headset it probably will be less focused on the kinds of games that are popular on quest 2 but then again and this is probably the last thing i want to just say about the apple headset this is not going to compete with quest 2 the real competition for this will be meta's project cambria which comes out this year and if this thing is two thousand dollars and cambria is $1,000, and those are just prices I'm plucking from my head. That's going to be an interesting play there. And how close does Meta's headset get for something like half the price? So I, I can already see it now, Apple, to capitalize on their traditional use of celebrities to hawk their new products. What will end up happening is they'll bring in, to just to show that there's going to be no competition for this headset, they're going to bring in Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, maybe Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna. And they're going to say, Apple's new VR headset, a league of their own. Is that? No. Ian? Don't that was a like stretch. That. And I do want to was see it? that movie again, though. That's a it's pretty good movie. movie. I, pretty I don't like watching movie. the beginning and the end, though. Just watch the middle part. That that Those parts weren't there. Yeah. But you got to have context, you got to no, wrap it up. No, you don't. Beginning you don't and end to a story. Go to the, the old museum. Just tell us a story. Oh. <sighs> all right. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to the next piece of news. It's fun, especially since I haven't gotten it yet. But here's the news 
Quest version 37 update adds hand tracking menu and Apple keyboard. And it's rolling out a couple days ago and I still haven't gotten it. I don't know why. So that's where we're at. So when they first gave information about the Logitech K830 keyboard being compatible and we were all like, oh, this is great. Let's all go out and get them and stuff. And I went and ordered myself one. I was like, oh, wow, this is really cheap. It's $39. But it's not because the K830 is not the same keyboard as the K380. So me, I purchased a K380. Just as a little side off shoot here, because let's show we are now that we're cartoons. I recently rewatched Lawnmower Man 2. Don't do that. That's Don't, a terrible movie. No. That's However, the one that ends with Job's War or whatever. It's got that it, yes. subtitle and like. Yes. Yes. And they brought in the Max Hedrum actor, Matt Frewer, I think it is. He plays Job and oh, Lawnmower Man 2. First of all, it, was, it comes out in 1996 and they actually called their VR headset the iPhone. So just that's where that. Oh, originated. yeah. I remember that. The, like yeah. EYE phone. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And then, was, yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing is that if you die in that cyberspace, which is what they called it, the internet. The, the information superhighway, all those terms that it just, oh, it was so trite. It was terrible. It was fun. Yeah, you die in real life if you die in the cyberspace that they created. And I was I, like, okay. So, one of the things I've, I do want to do on this show is I think we should have a segment somewhere in the show where we review an old, like, 90s or 80s yeah, uh, trope or something and just throw down. an image up there from Wikipedia and we'll talk yep. about some really ridiculous thing. I I was joking about this. I told you about this Tales from the Dark Side episode where he wore order these glasses and fruit begging for their lives in order to diet. And so you, yeah, I love that. And it's, they don't use the word AR in it at all. We don't have any debate over terms. You just have this nightmare vision of what these glasses could do if used in the wrong way. You know, I cut up a banana in my bran flakes this morning and I could just hear it going, help me help me yeah that's that's morbid ian uh, yes yeah, i'm down let's do it yeah let's do it ian and kyle review movies oh geez i know come up with some clever name get guests in you've seen what is it is it them i've seen it or they whatever live? it is which I've one is it. the one with the like the 20 minute fist fight in the middle the where where the glasses that always tell you to consume or everywhere oh they live yeah they live, yeah. Yeah. Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. There's an actor for you. <sighs> okay. What were we talking about? Yeah, version 37. I don't have it. So one of you two is going to have to talk if there's anything further. Cool. Keyboard. Yeah, the menu is very useful. In the past, when you were doing something like recentering with hand tracking, you had to do the menu gesture, and then you had to point and pinch into the settings and then recenter. But with this little menu, you can recenter, you can mute your microphone, you can take videos, and you can use voice commands, all from a little kind of swipe menu. So again, you can see it in the image there if I manually put the camera back there. That little menu comes up and you just move your finger into the position of the action you want to perform. It makes hand tracking a lot more convenient as a kind of 
use case. And even in this software, I'm noticing it simply because the recenter is just so much more convenient. Well, that's good. Can I stream to Facebook directly from my Quest 3 or Quest 2? Quest 3. <laughs> Quest 3 confirmed. Quest, Quest 3 confirmed. Oh, no, uh, from my Quest, from my HMD. Can I stream directly to Facebook from my Quest? I think they no actually longer. took that out. Yeah, they took that they functionality took out. out a few months ago because apparently yeah. very few people were using it. And I think the obvious thing that people replied to that was, let us stream to YouTube and Twitch and we'll use it. But Facebook's obviously trying to push, what well, Meta is trying to push its own Facebook gaming live service, which is actually apparently growing pretty rapidly, but I still don't think it's anywhere near the scale of YouTube or Twitch. I found myself this weekend with my 11-year-old and my 16-year-old daughters, and all three of us were back-to-back doing multiplayer Beat Saber. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Grandma and Grandpa might actually like to see this, especially since I usually i am like the worst of the game because they're like prodigies at it, and I didn't realize that, and I suck, even on hard. And I, okay, anyway, I... So I'm dead and I'm in spectator mode and I'm watching them play. And I'm like, this would be really cool to stream this to Facebook. So that way the, the, the grandparents can see this. And I'm like, wait, where is that feature? And I'm like in the app and I'm like, oh, that's right. They took it out. Ugh, I finally want to use it and they took it out. So I'm upset. I was just going to record video and my battery was dead. So Well, the, the easiest way to do it is to use the web browser casting. If you go to oculus.com slash casting, you can cast your quest there. And then obviously you would just use a software like OBS or another streamer to stream it. But I agree with you that it absolutely should be built in. And I think yeah. the very obvious reason is just they don't want to support the other streaming services. Uh, it's one of those things where because they ripped it out of the OS, like that was an OS level feature to live stream straight to the Facebook app because they ripped it out. And because they're doing all this stuff with the account shifting where maybe you don't, you aren't required to have a Facebook account. I there's in the messenger app, you've got multiple messenger apps supported within this other messaging system. I could really see them doing something like that over time i would i was thinking it was probably the copyright problems of the all the songs and people are streaming something live and then it's like going live. they say it just I don't know. wasn't used much and so they it didn't wasn't worth <sighs> why don't you remove a feature i, I okay i guess well, if, you're, if you're if you're building an os where you want to release constant updates like meta's doing we're seeing every few months new features getting added there is a, a maintenance cost to keeping updates are keeping features through these updates. And they obviously just think that it must have been very few people use actually using it to get to the point where they would take it out. But I'm not surprised that very few people were streaming to Facebook Live from their VR headset. Okay. What's next, guys? Should we move on or do we have anything else to say about version 37? I think we can move to the next topic of news. Okay. All right. So, oh. sorry, Ian, here I come. U.S. No! <laughs> United States federal let me try this again united states federal trade commission investigating meta's competitive practices the united states federal trade commission is investigating meta for potentially anti-competitive practices 
So yeah, Microsoft is like the whole anti-competitive like monopoly. I remember Microsoft Monopoly, and everybody wanted to actually play. Like, yeah, I'm a big fan of Monopoly as a board game, so that'd be fun to do. But now Facebook is a monopoly, not because they bought Instagram, not because they bought Oculus, not because they bought WhatsApp, not because they, no, because they bought Supernatural. That's what triggered this investigation. Ian, I want to know what kind of comments you have on this. Yeah, I've we've been in conversation with devs for a long time. On We've got a record here on our own site of pointing out a couple of these apps that are directly impacted by the market strategies that, that Facebook decides to pick here. And the the one I'm thinking of in particular is if you go back five years on our site, you'll find uh, a Gear VR article, I think, where I uncovered like this language on the Oculus website where they're like, if you buy a movie, you grant access to five other people to watch that movie with you on Oculus' system. And so like even going back half a decade, they were working on a way for you to legally purchase content from them and then watch it with your friends in virtual reality. And it was, they had, you talk about overheating. Remember those original Gear VR phones and you don't have any positional tracking. They still overheat after 20 minutes if you do too much on them and you're streaming a movie from a server and doing mm-hmm. avatar work and all those things. It just, it never took off and no one used that feature. Here we are five years later or half a decade later And Facebook is saying, in Horizon Home, you will be able to do some of the same functionality, but they have yet to reveal who those partners are or how it's going to work. And it's one of these things that over the course of the next five years, how much leeway we as people have in in having content with us and streamed in in that co-located way is going to be the, the way all of this is going to be played out, like it's going to be the w- what we can share with others in virtual reality is going to be the ultimate battle of all these companies. And right now on Oculus, you can go mini golfing, playing Beat Saber, and the list goes on and on of things that Facebook is out in the lead on. And there's platforms like Big Screen that was there for years with a platform that does a lot of the same things that Facebook does or is promising to do at a platform level. If Facebook is demanding their 30%, it's only going to allow certain players to play at that level. Like It's reserving a space in the market for only Meta to pursue or for other partners of some kind of equal magnitude like a netflix could actually be allowed onto that system um it's it's the other example is virtual desktop we've had guy godin in our comments i don't know if he's out there today but he had uh airlink streaming he had virtual desktop streaming there ready to go in the virtual desktop app from the very beginning and it was buried in the features enough that the only people who would go find it and turn it on were people who knew where to look and knew what they were getting into. He could have put warnings on it from day one and said, 
hey, this is experimental. Your quality may vary. It could have been in there in the app. Instead, Facebook said, no, you got to put this over SideQuest. And he had to, people had to sideload and go through these ridiculous steps to use his groundbreaking feature for something like 20 months. That is, those are real dollars removed from that developer's pocket. He's still selling copies of his game, of a virtual desktop. He's still able to access a large audience. But literally, the the number of dollars being thrown into his pocket is less because of this these extra hoops this developer has to jump through. And then, of course, very recently, he got permission to release that feature into the store right before Facebook actually released its own AirLink feature. We've also got 6Live and the oculus move app where facebook said we want to have activity tracking we want to lock down that area i think that's a little bit of a there's a lot of situations there where i don't like it was obvious to me that facebook was going to lock down activity tracking all along but the other things you are only allowing certain businesses to exist on your platform if you're taking a 30% cut across the board. And that's the type of issue that I think the government is looking into at this point. (sighs) But do you agree, Ian, that Meta should be investigated for anti-competitive practices specifically because of what they're doing with Supernatural? That's a really hard question for me to answer. I will, I'll plead the fifth and and go with a non-answer on that one. I think an interesting framing of this would be it's, it's very hard for us to imagine how the world would have looked if uh, there had been a very different route to the last eight years. If there had been a, a decade long partnership between valve and Oculus and Oculus had raised five to ten billion dollars and done what Magic Leap tried to do. There was a scenario, maybe in a multiverse, where that that very different history unfolded, and it's hard for us to look back at history and imagine it having gone any other way. There's people like Denny over at Cloudhead, is constantly on Twitter talking about these very intricate complicated issues of just where would this market be without facebook's investment continued investment particularly past those two years of 2017 to 2018 when it became very clear that the pc vr market was not everything all the manufacturers had hoped it would a standalone was the key and facebook did push through first there but here's the thing I think that that complicates all of like the acquisitions on all that. The $400 and then $300 price and even $200 price that we saw heading into even now, right? You can still go and get a refurbished Quest 2 in certain circumstances for $200. And I think you can easily point to Google and HTC as competitors that could not compete. It just flat out, we're not, 
we're going to complete in a completely different segment of the market and we have to educate all of our customers that that's the case and we do not compete in any of the same places as Facebook. That's how significant that price difference is. And there's a very, you know, I think there's a lot of arguments to be made that you've got a couple competitors there that were immediately scared out of the market because of the price. There's definitely a valid argument to be made that when it comes to hardware, there's anti, very real anti-competitive practices. But it is very interesting, as some of the commenters have pointed out, that this would become an issue over the fitness market. I think the the VR software market is far too early for there to be any kind of consolidation. The idea that buying Supernatural is somehow going to have some multi-decade effects on the market seems like a bit of a leap to me. I, I imagine that the biggest apps in VR haven't even been made yet. Just like none of the apps that launched just as the iPhone came out are the big apps that are used today at scale. These were all apps that came as the hardware improved and the market grew and different people with new ideas came in. I think there's enough kind of innovation in startups that we will see fitness apps come out that take on Supernatural and are even better than it in the next 10 years. Competition drives quality. I've made that comment numerous times with my shoulder way up in the air. Competition drives quality. Competition means more quality products beating out the others. I guess we're not going to address the fact that our stream went down when I was about to read a quote that Skiva had posted from Jason Rubin about controlling the metaverse. But uh, okay. Anyway, we'll just move on. Yeah. Of all the things, fitness, I don't know how many of you over the holiday season had folks call you or text you or whatever. People, family, friends, neighbors that you don't talk to typically, but they know you're the person who knows about VR. You get a message from them that says, hey, I've seen these commercials and I've seen this stuff about fitness in VR and the eight treadmills and bikes and bouncy balls and all the other things that the elastic stretchy things and the thigh master and the Suzanne summer stuff, none of that worked, but what do I need to know? And I had that conversation several times over the holiday season. I don't know. Ian, did you experience that as well? Yeah, I have a quest set up at my mom's house and she's, she flat out said supernatural is the thing that she was interested in using VR for. And it's been, you know, Harry wrote that article about how terrible the user interface is on meta headsets. And like, it has been just horrific to try to explain how to literally just launch the supernatural app from the menu system on a quest remotely over the phone. Like it's doable. So Pixel, I, w- I want to address your, your he, Pixel is saying competition does not drive quality in VR area. Where is hand tracking for index? People hated the Rift S. Don't support. Okay, the reason why competition drives quality is because if the index doesn't have hand tracking, it's not the higher quality product, so it doesn't survive. And the Quest does so the ver- the the definition of quality hey look at that i love that the definition of quality is what we're actually having a conversation about here the debate with you pixel is what is considered quality just because the pixel or uh, just because the index has a higher 
uh, resolution or has other features that might make it better quality doesn't make it overall a better quality product. I hope that makes sense for you. So, yeah, Supernatural actually requires a, my shoulder wants to know, Supernatural, you have to have a subscription, right? It costs yeah. like a monthly. Yeah. I wonder how many, do we know how many people use Supernatural? Are there any like specific numbers of subscribers? Like what no, is the they potential said revenue? Publicly. Yeah. They haven't said yeah. anything publicly. I had, so I had two Supernatural sort of people on in our studio previously, I had Leanne, one of the coaches, and also Chesney, one of like, a super fan of, of the app. And I was really proud that we had them in the studio to ask them the same question, and that's, will VR fitness become bigger than gym fitness? And I've got, Chesney was a little bit more confident than Leanne was, but they were both like, my answer changed over the course of the recent history like it's there's a good chance is is what my takeaway from both of them was that yeah there's a real good chance that we could see vr fitness outstrip the size of going to the gym fitness and chesney pointed it out so wonderfully i i don't want to go to a physical gym and be judged by the other people there looking at me on the beginning of like my journey i would rather begin that journey privately and i think there's millions and millions of people who could go on that journey with headsets over the next few years if meta separates the facebook login from their quest products the idea of the anti-competitive practices go away or does that have nothing to do with any of this? Interesting question. I think some of the... Heaney has brought up the act of tying the account being a key one. But then there's this other argument of just squelching competition by acquiring it or by you know making it impossible for uh, anyone to compete. So like the thing that I went into the history books, do you remember what is it? extend it's a support extend extinguish whatever microsoft's i can't remember the first word embrace Embrace, extend extinguish that's right yeah uh that's what microsoft did and so first you embrace a standard then you add on new things to it and then you stop supporting the original standard and everyone is attached to your version of it and i I haven't seen any indication that like a compelling reason, like a compelling argument that meta has done that yet. I think there's the argument that people are threatening that meta could do that in the near future and lock out uh, meaningful new entrants from coming into this space. Heaney, do you believe that anything will come of the FTC's investigation into Meta. Do you think anything other than just a big hearing with a bunch of C-SPAN crap, do you think that anything will actually come from this investigation? So I'm not American, but my understanding is that this new FTC head, Lena Khan, is definitely more pro-action than previous heads. And it seems like Biden appointed her with the 
intention of taking on some of the tech giants, whereas for the past 10 years, they've been very lax. One of the things we were talking about last year was the fact that they are disputing the acquisition of Instagram. But of course, they had the chance to look over the application of the acquisition of Instagram and they approved it. So we're looking at a very different FTC than 10 or so years ago. And I think we may actually see action in this kind of regulatory space for the first time. But that's only my read on it as an outsider. I'm not American. I don't have a direct pulse on American kind of regulatory politics. And that's why I asked you, because an outside outside person, look outside looking in, I, I was just curious what your take on it was. Now, let's say that they end up being told you have to sell Supernatural to somebody to get rid of this problem. Who buys Supernatural? Ian, who do you think? Yeah, I've, I'm on the record. I've got it in my Twitter history of saying Apple or Facebook seemed like the likeliest companies to buy Supernatural. And sure enough, one of the Well, two Facebook owns Supernatural. It. Like I said, if they sell it. So you think if Apple buys it. it no, I mean, that's VR... the thing. Apple's got Apple Fitness. They've built, built their own. I don't quite understand the idea of, of, yeah, of Supernatural being anything particularly unique at this point in time. I... I they literally, you can look at what Supernatural did and they built a Beat Saber tuned for fitness. And I don't see any reason why anyone else can't do the exact same thing given six to 12 months. It, it, I, when I say anybody else, you have to have the lawyers to iron out the music agreements, but that's it. I do think it's kind of interesting that the big news last week is that Microsoft can somehow buy the developer of Call of Duty and World of Warcraft for 70 billion and essentially consolidate the game market. Absolutely not one word from any regulator that I've heard so far. Obviously, it will have to go through approval, but we haven't heard anyone like Lena Khan or any of the administration talk about that being an issue. And Meta go and buy some relatively small in the grand scheme of things VR fitness app and suddenly it's the biggest deal in the world. I There does seem to be a regulatory bias towards meta and i think it's because they feel bad for dropping the ball on regulation for a decade that now they're trying to overreact and make sure that they act on every possible meta action and the problem is i don't think that's going to hold up as well in the courts as they may hope because the courts are going to say you need to if just because you didn't do it properly in the past, it uh-huh. doesn't mean you can go over proportional in the present need it still needs to be proportional to the actual magnitude of the issue I I think my point that I want to make here is they're not going to just turn Supernatural off to get the government off their backs. So they're going to sell it to somebody. And if they sell it to somebody, it's going to be a company that has other stakes in the VR space. So who is going to, number one, be able to afford to purchase Supernatural? My shoulder is really interested in that one. Sorry, I'm obsessed with the shoulder thing. Number two, who can buy it without them now? Because they're just like this red A, this like stain on whoever buys Supernatural is going to end up being investigated if they own any other VR products. Like what if Lynx decides to, what if the company that is making the Lynx headset, like Ian, you suggested Apple could buy it. 
but they already own fitness. So why would they? Or if they do, is it less of a big deal? That would be the question I would want to know. I would want to know that if Apple owned Supernatural, would this investigation be happening on Apple? They already have a fitness program, a big one, a very well-established one. If they bought Supernatural for their VR headset, is it anti-competitive? So two thoughts here. I mean, Heaney and Kyle, you guys do remember me being on the record saying I would I was expecting unexpected large part large size partnerships in this next phase of computing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would love to, I would imagine people like Valve and Apple teaming up. Like that's the scale of team ups needed at this point. And that's what we just saw happen over there with with what Heaney was just talking about. Like that's $70 billion is untold size deals happening to make like these building, getting all these building blocks in place. And I think there's a plenty of valid arguments that like what pieces don't Apple, doesn't Apple have, and they actually need to chuck $150 billion at a couple organizations to actually, you know, get the right pieces for their, own efforts the thing like yeah it does the scale of a lot of these things are the real question i i gotta go back here to i'm just absolutely convinced that ar and vr is going to break politicians more than they already are broken like the the disconnect between the people who actually use these technologies and the people who are legislating about these technologies is going to be more significant as soon as we get to discussions of do we let these systems block real-world advertisements or alter... Yeah, it, there's... I heard this argument made recently that the, the first main... camera on a car is is actually ar repeat your sentence i accidentally all tapped repeat the sentence oh no yeah there's there's this argument to be made you ready yeah no no, i said uh, just Uh, last 10 seconds yeah so i think there's an argument to be made I, i heard this recently that the reverse camera on your cars that's standard across all cars right now is the first mainstream ar technology it's used by literally everyone who backs up in their car. But that's a safety feature where you have to trust the technology not to hide a kid in real time, in your real-time camera view, and, and provides an actual safety feature. The AR and VR is going to invade our lives really rapidly and augment large behaviors more so than anything before. Like, texting and driving is meaningless when people can like exchange every other car on the road for an x-wing like how do those discussions with our legislators go when grandpa legislators 85 years old and hasn't used a computer in 25 years that's the person going to be deciding the policy for uh, vr headsets going forward that that just doesn't seem feasible We've all seen the the Saturday Night Live skits where they have the committee, the the con- congressional panel asking questions 
to the tech people. And it do be like that, though. It really is like that. Unfortunately, the people who are making the legislation are not the people who understand it the most. That's that is just the way of the world, man. We can't do anything about that, unfortunately. When I look at stuff like this, though, like I, I want there to be fair practice. I want there to be. I want it to be a level playing ground, and I don't want the people that more money means you win more. I and I know that's how most games work, but I I want these things to not be investigated afterwards i want them to be prevented oh no that's yeah i've had that discussion for years i've been i'm trying to get that i remember i asked it i asked a decade ago now right before so a decade ago now 10 years if you're looking at a calendar is right about the time that mark zuckerberg is spotted in an elevator in Irvine yeah. visiting Oculus headquarters and some random Redditor is like, I just saw Mark, I just saw Mark in Oculus's building and everyone you know, disregarded the comment at the time and turned out he was actually acquiring Oculus. I did a story back then and I interviewed Palmer Lucky and I'm asking him at the time, is it going to do more harm than good? Is VR going to do more harm than good? And he's like, yeah, stories are dystopian because drama sells is makes for an interesting story i think that vr is going to do more good than harm over the long term that the good is going to outweigh the bad and that's if you go across all technologists everyone who's building this technology at their very core that is their argument for building this stuff and yeah we can correct laws for it after to prevent ills from happening but to your point kyle like we don't want i don't know millions of people becoming dissociated from reality in clinical ways because like their headsets frame rate was unhealthy i I don't know what it, it what feasibly could cause an issue but those are the types of things we want to make sure that there are bodies regulating ethical like use of these technologies yeah i don't know i I just i get frustrated at the fact that watching people who don't understand it trying to regulate it whatever their age whatever their affiliations whatever their political agendas may be if you don't understand it you shouldn't be making rules about it And on top of that, we've got companies who are just trying to, I'll just leave it at that. Yes. Unfortunately, there's just a lot of, that's a much bigger conversation about how politics and government work. And we all have our own opinions on that, but it it is, it sucks that we've spent this amount of time talking about this subject that shouldn't even be a news subject in the first place well, but it is the th- so the thing i would like to see discussed that the conversation we need to have with regulators and the experts who are actually like drafting these laws is how does the law need to change to manage the use of metadata in ways that 
you serve the public. There's plenty of people who feel tracked and unnecessarily, I don't know, recorded by their their online history. We have a credit history that kind of falls off after X amount of years. Where's the equivalent of all your online information? Is there anything like this? Like, Heaney, I, I do want to, it's going to be so interesting to see how things affect you in the EU or, or near EU over time as well, there's as different social year. things over there. Yeah, the EU, obviously the UK is just out of the EU for one year, but in general, the EU does seem to have a more proactive regulation kind of strategy. And it'll be interesting to see, obviously GDPR had advantages, but it also had some pretty pointless results, such as the fact that every single website you go on has a cookie notice that realistically doesn't actually really offer the user anything of importance. It's just a distraction. The question is, will we see meaningful regulation from the EU this time, or will it be more kind of fluff that's designed to look like they're heavily regulating, but not really addressing the core of the problems? All right. Hey, we've got one more piece of news. Reports claim that Google is working on Project Iris, an AR headset named after somebody's grandmother. Google is working on a pass-through AR headset codenamed... Oh, my. Did you hear that? Did Google just uh, activate? Google Assistant. <laughs> it did, and it told me it didn't have any information on that. Ooh. Hey, Google, what is Project Iris? Here's a summary from the website TheVerge.com. Project Iris is a tightly kept secret inside Google, tucked away in a building that requires special keycard access and non-disclosure agreements. I've heard that Google is hoping to ship Starline by 2020. This is how we're going to do the show from now on. Kyle's is that what just we're going to do? Ask for input I think we're just going to yeah live. ask our smart devices to. Wow, that was <laughs> spooky and unsettling, and yet totally awesome at the same time. My my shoulders approve. Okay. Wow. So Project Iris aimed to ship in 2024, and The Verge and my smart appliance in my bedroom have both told us about this. This is not Google Glass 2 or 3 or 4. This isn't just Google Glass. This is an actual headset. But it does feel like it's going to be passed through. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah. Google Assistant rightly pointed out this is from a report from The Verge's Alex Heath. And the claim here is that Google is working on an AR headset that is not using transparent optics. So it's not like a Google Glass or a HoloLens or a Magic Leap. It is essentially like a Lynx or Project Cambria or like Apple's headset that's rumored to come out next year, where the idea is it's a VR headset like display system but with high-resolution, high-quality color cameras on the front to pass through the real world. And so the advantage of that is that you get the very wide field of view and full opacity that you get from VR headsets. But the disadvantage, obviously, is that you can't see people's eyes. The interesting thing about this report is that it suggested that this headset may use cloud rendering technology, where Mm. instead of having the graphics rendered locally, like you see on Quest 2, or even on the Lynx, or again on Apple's headset, that may use Google's existing Stadia infrastructure around the world to remotely render the highest graphical fidelity. 
And there wasn't any detail in the report about exactly how that would work. But what's interesting to me is that obviously this headset is going to be focused around AR, but there's no reason that a pass-through AR headset can't also do VR. And if they are able to get VR running with a sensible latency from cloud rendering, they could produce something that actually goes beyond even Apple's headset when it comes to visual fidelity. And obviously, a lot of people are instantly going to say, oh, Stadia is barely low enough latency for normal gaming. What about VR? But you have to remember that in VR, you can, because you have the head tracking position of the user and their hand tracking, you can reproject the image towards where you've moved, which means that you can actually have a reduced latency. Whether they'll be able to actually pull that off, who knows? But I do think it's an interesting, unique take on this where Google's saying, we're not just going to put out a headset like everyone else. We're going to try and add our own Google Cloud flair to it. The, the, the report, the bit of this report that I thought was really inter- in, interesting was there was mention of Starline being mentioned paired with the headset technology. So Starline was like their headset-free, completely auto-stereoscopic display technology. And I, if you think about Google trying to build the fundamental service layers of this technology, like the thing I've heard quite recently is people are confusing platforms with protocols. And there are a few fundamental protocols like cloud rendering and avatars and uh, world generation, portal building, how we actually link from world to world that like Google may need to get right in something like Starland, like literally how do 3D calls work five years from now? And that's what I think Starline and Iris could be a North Star for Google to pursue. Yeah, so as you point out, Starline is also supposed to, according to this report, come out in 2024. And for people who aren't aware, Starline is basically a massive portrait-angled three-dimensional video calling system almost like a little photo booth you would go into to get your picture taken but it's a massive three fully three-dimensional display with no headset or glasses needed now starline i think there's been a lot of hype around this but personally i don't care for the simple reason that it is going to be so expensive that it will be used by fortune 500 companies to conduct remote meetings and maybe there'll be one you can rent at an airport for a ridiculous amount of money but the, the, the great thing about headsets is that you can deliver an experience like this for at a cost people can actually afford. So I think that's why Iris interests me personally a lot more than Starline. But I guess it is cool technology if you're very rich or a large company. Isn't Starline the name of the company that produced the ship, the Titanic? Wasn't that <laughs> called Starline? I don't know. Somebody so, Google that for me. He, what do, you, do you think we could see those fold-out phones that we were seeing? big now do you think they could use that for like a 3d display where like you've got a if you've got a a face tracking sensor on a fold-out display could you have i don't know like a starline call where someone goes to their starline room at the fortune 500 company and then uses a handheld device that projects i don't know a 3d picture right in front of the display maybe but the magic of starline isn't the 3d is a very cool part but the magic of it is that it's human scale and that's what really makes you feel like you're in the room with someone else and it's why no video calls today actually feel like you're talking to someone because it doesn't look like they're at the real scale of a human a little tiny hologram in front of you is never going to feel like you're actually sitting across from someone what starline delivers 
is that feeling. And But that's the feeling that AR and VR can potentially deliver. Obviously, today we have these very primitive avatar systems and there's no face tracking yet or eye tracking other than in some expensive enthusiast hardware. But when VR can deliver close to photoreal avatars with face tracking and eye tracking and full body tracking for a couple of hundred dollars, I don't understand why people would go out and get something that's likely going to cost at minimum a few thousand dollars and have to sit in one specific position in your home. White Star Line was the name of the British shipbuilding company that built the Titanic. Just saying. I just Googled it. Why didn't you ask Google? Oh, because I didn't want 64 other people's Googles to also answer the question and interrupt. Okay. Skiva mentions this, that uh, Google has a horrible track record of starting projects, putting them out to the general public, and then discontinuing. I really hope they stick with this for long enough for some innovation. I agree, totally. Google has, Cardboard was one of those 20% projects, one day out of a five-day work week where somebody can go and fiddle with whatever they want. Uh, A Google employee can go do whatever they want for 20% of their time, which I think is cool. Um, You know, Cardboard came out of that, and that has actually, when you look at the grand scheme of everything we've been through, Cardboard was very disruptive to the current stream or where things were going with VR. Cardboard changed a lot of stuff. Conversations about mobile VR changed when Cardboard came out because the feasibility of it all came. And who knows where we, we would all be attached to computers right now, maybe if it hadn't been for Cardboard. I don't know. It's speculation. Don't think, oh, but we think that Google has the potential to, and I'll tell you right now, pass-through AR is, I love that. I want that. I want pass-through AR more than I want transparent AR. Like I, I really do want that. I think there's more capabilities for it. I think there's a lot more potential. Obviously, the technical challenges are a lot different. Field of view, latency, those kind of things. Lenses, different, diff, completely different technique and uh, technical setup for how the lenses and screens work. But I think pass-through is definitely the way to go. I'm looking forward to pass-through. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like that's why we see Meta and Google and Apple all going down that path. But just to come back to Skiva's comment, where I really think that comes important is in Google trying to get developers on board. Because as Skiva points out, Google has started so many of these projects and products and platforms, and then a few years later, you know, gets bored of it or loses a few engineers or decides it wasn't big enough and then just completely kills the whole thing. And imagine if you're a developer deciding where are you going to spend your time developing? Obviously, OpenXR is going to make it easier, but there's still going to be platform-specific issues and kind of uh, Google Play Store integrations that they're going to have to take time to to use. And would you really pick that over supporting some other platform if you've always got this idea in the back of your mind, am I going to do all this work? And then a year later, Google decides to not support the platform anymore. And that's going to be a serious issue for Google. Here's what I think will end up happening is we're all three on quests right now, which are essentially Android powered devices. They're Android phones in their gear VR. They're S sixes inside of a headset with some fancy stuff attached to it. Let's call it what it is. It's just the next evolution of that. And this wouldn't exist without the Android operating system, which wouldn't exist without Google. Google has a lot of the components already laying around. 
That's why cardboard came into existence. Cardboard didn't get dismantled. Daydream didn't get dismantled. They just didn't do anything else with it. So there are people out there right now. I see them on the internet all the time talking how they are actively trying to get their gear VR to work. There's daydream forums where people are constantly trying to do updates that Google isn't choosing to do. It's not like they're saying, okay, everybody send them back. We want them back into our Google warehouses. You can't. They just aren't doing anything more further with it. Having an open architecture, having an Android operating system. This is why I'm actually happy that maybe we don't get a proprietary operating system for uh, future meta headsets is that because their guy went to google didn't he the their operating system guy went to google and what's google going to do throw them on make a better version of android for a vr headset with pass through and everybody's gonna be like cambria what's that like i don't know it's all possible it's all very possible i don't think google is going to drop this time well, in the way that, that everybody's referring to. Actually working on a new operating system at Google based on some of their job listings and bringing in Lukowski. It's another one of those situations where just like Meta in the short term, they're likely to bet on Android. But in the long term, these new class of devices are going to need operating systems specifically designed for them. And we know Apple is doing that with ROS. So the question is, are Meta and Google going to sit with all the disadvantages of Android for 10, 20 years? I don't think so. We know Google actually is already working on a new operating system for all classes of device, including their smart home devices called Fuchsia. It's actually been in the work for something like seven years, maybe even longer, and it's only starting to deploy in devices. And that is the problem with these operating system projects. And we've seen conflicting reports recently about whether Meta's operating system project is still going ahead because they've lost Mark Lukowski, who says he quit after watching the Facebook whistleblower Francis Haugen on talk to the US either Congress or Senate I'm not sure which it was Zuckerberg can have a lot of those issues where over time he may get this very important engineer in and put them on a massive project and find that because of ethical issues or because of competitors snatching them up they're going to have to realign their expectations on what they can really produce and I think where that's really going to be a big problem is in their custom chip project because we know Meta wants to be able to make its own chips like Apple, but retain the talent that it takes to build those projects over five or 10 years is the real question. Okay. I have 2% battery left, so we're going to have to wrap this up. No, he, right. you got to die. You got to die live on the air then. Right? Oh. We got to be staring at you. Oh, no, I don't one. know about that. I, Wait. I feel, no, rest in peace. 1%. 1%. All right. I don't know okay, everybody. Is. Check out UploadVR.com for all your latest news, reviews, comments, and interviews from the VR, AR, MR, XR, PR, QR industries.